chapters. And uh, so we started uh, with one of mine, which is Romans chapter number 12. And uh, we're going to uh, go through this chapter and uh, uh, verse by verse and uh, see what the Lord uh, has for us in these chapters. Uh, remind you, Romans 12, we uh, started last week uh, with an introduction of the um, uh, verse. Well, let's go ahead and uh, have a word of prayer, and then I'll do a little bit of review. We'll get into the uh, Bible study for tonight. Father, we thank you for another opportunity uh, to open the Word of God and to hear from you. Uh, may we approach uh, this time that we are hearing directly from you. Uh, you've preserved these very truths and scriptures so that we might have them today. Uh, may we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, instruct us, and may we seek to take the truths and uh, make them part of our lives so that we can better serve you, uh, be more like your son. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Romans chapter number uh, 12 is a, is, is, a, is a great chapter. Uh, they're all great, but this is one that I, I, I enjoy. As you get in through the chapter, there's going to be um, some things that we're instructed to do uh, that aren't always easy to do. I like to call it just plain old real Bible Christianity. Um, there are things um, such as um, be kindly affection one to another in brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Uh, that's not always easy to do. Um, there is, uh, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. That's not easy to do. Um, so there's several things. Uh, rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. There's going to be a lot of things that, that the Bible uh, instructs us to do, but I, I bring that up tonight. We'll get to those eventually. But the beginning of this chapter is so key because if we don't miss what I'm, if, if we miss what I teach tonight, it's not possible to do the things that we're going to be asked to do later in the chapter. Uh, there's a, some Bible principles that we are going to, going to establish that is going to enable us to do these things. One thing that we need to be reminded of is, and it's contrary to what this world wants to tell us, man is not naturally good. Uh, we, we have a sin nature. Uh, we man left to himself. Uh, you can have the, the greatest advancements of technology. You can have the greatest advancements of society, but it will destroy itself without God and without a reverence and a serving of the true God. Uh, so we have to understand uh, that we need, first of all, salvation. Uh, we need to be saved. We need to uh, know that our sins are forgiven. And then after that, there are some things that we need to do enable for us to live like Christ. That's the goal, is to live like our Savior. That is the goal, uh, to follow the uh, precepts of Scripture so that we may do that. Uh, and we find some, some key things in Romans chapter number 12. If you remember last Wednesday night, we talked about the appeal of Romans chapter 12 in verse number 1. I beseech you... Uh, therefore, brethren, uh, we talked of the basis of the appeal, the urgency of the appeal, and uh, several things I'll not go through again this evening, but there's that great important appeal, because, important appeal because we are saved because of what Christ has done. Uh, there's an appeal to us. It's a reasonable thing. It's a reasonable thing for us to serve the Lord. 
It's a reasonable thing. Well, you know, the things in these, in these fundamental churches, they're just a no, 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 no. According to the scripture, it's reasonable what God asks of us. It's reasonable uh, for us to serve Him. Now let's notice verse number 1 again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. We established this last Wednesday, but I want to mention it again tonight. Uh, this, is script, this, is, this chapter is being written to fellow Christians. We are brethren. This is for the saved. This is for you. This is for me. This is for those that have been born again. So I don't want there to be any misunderstanding that this is for the pastor. It is for the pastor, but it's not just for the pastor. It's, well, it's for the staff. Well, it is for the staff. Well, it's for the deacons. Well, I said brethren. I said the saved. I didn't say, well, no, no it, it, it is for the deacons. But it's for every Christian. What I'm going to teach tonight is for every child of God. Everybody with me? We have that established. Notice the scripture. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now I want to draw your attention to that phrase in that verse, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. The sacrifice is an offering made to God. So we understand that when we're talking about a sacrifice. It's an offering made to God. You'll find two reasons for sacrifices. First, as an atonement for sin. You think of the Old Testament sacrifice and, and, and that spotless lamb that had to be slain, that blood shed. It was a blood sacrifice as a picture of the, the, the lamb of God that would lay down his life and his blood would be shed so that we can have atonement for our sin. So there's, there's a sacrifice for atonement. Then there's a sacrifice where there's an offering made to God as an expression of thanksgiving or service. So there's two kinds. Uh, there's the atonement, and then there's an offering made to God as an expression of thanksgiving or service. Now let me make three foundational introductory statements for this Bible study tonight. First of all, we do not make a living sacrifice. We do not present ourselves a living sacrifice for our salvation. But because of our salvation. We do not have to make a sacrifice for our atonement because Jesus already did that. He acted as that high priest and sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat of God, thus satisfying the Heavenly Father. So we do not make a living sacrifice. There are not things that we have to put our body through. There are not things that we have to endure because, so that we might be saved. No, we don't, we don't make ourselves, we don't offer ourselves a living sacrifice because we want to have salvation. We do so because we are saved. Okay, that's the first statement. The second statement is this. The sacrifice is made... Not from the perspective of what was lost, but what was gained. You read the Old Testament picture, you see these sacrifices, and, and you don't find people complaining about what they were offering. Because you compare that to what you gain. 
When they offered that spotless lamb and they shed the blood, they offered it as, as that, that, that atonement uh, sacrifice, that atonement offering. Uh, they weren't thinking about that losing one little lamb and what, what, what that little lamb uh, cost them. No, they're thinking about what they gained by satisfying, by appeasing the Heavenly Father. Everybody with me? So we don't make a living sacrifice from the perspective of what was lost. Too many Christians are like, well, if I commit, then I can't. Well, if, 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 I, if I get all the way in, if I do what you're teaching, Pastor, if I do what the Bible says, then look at all of these things I'm going to do without. Sometimes our young people look at it this way. You're looking at it wrong. It's not what you're giving up. It's what you're gaining. It's that, that relationship with God. It's that pleasing Him. You cannot, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but you cannot please your Heavenly Father without making yourself a living sacrifice. The third statement is this. The one who is offering the sacrifice releases all claims to the sacrifice and leaves it for the honor of God. When that sacrifice was made, whether it be that sacrifice of atonement, or whether it be uh, the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, once that sacrifice is made, the person offering to God releases the ownership. It, this, this, this lamb that is slain now belongs to God. This offering of sacrifice of thanksgiving, this offering of thanksgiving belongs to God. You don't find on the pages of Scripture somebody offering a sacrifice and then finding the priest and saying, am I going to get reimbursed for that? No, because they are releasing all value. They are releasing ownership of what they're offering. So when they come to God, there has to be, one, the, the sacrifice has to meet the qualifications, but there has to be a willingness to give for it to cost them something, for them to make a sacrifice. That's where we get the terminology today, oh, I'm really going to have to sacrifice because you are releasing, you are doing without, you are giving, never to, to receive that which you gave again. So it's important we understand we don't make a living sacrifice for our salvation. That's what false religion is built on. The more I do, I'm going I'm to earn my way to God. No, we, we offer ourselves because we are saved. Because of what Christ did do. The sacrifice is made not from the perspective of what was lost, but what was gained. We shouldn't weigh in the balance. God asked for something. Well, I don't know if it's worth it. Because that's foolish, because it's worth it. But if God, who created you and gave you life, asked for something, just because you breathe His air, He ought to be, here you go, God. And because He purchased you again, He, he already owned you, but now He owns you twice because He purchased you with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you, I, I don't have to go to hell. So what do you want from, from me? We, we, don't, we don't look at it as, what am I doing without? What am I gaining? I'm pleasing my heavenly Father. And the person who is offering, the one offering the sacrifice, releases all claims to the sacrifice and leaves it 
for the honor of God. We are already starting to get the picture of what the scripture is saying. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is why we emphasize to our children, you, may, you give your life to God. You surrender. You put yourself in a, a situation for God to use you with your life. What are you doing? You're saying, God, I'm releasing all rights. We have a, a child dedication. What, what, some Christian parents look at this as a way for everybody to look at my baby. That's not what it's intended to be. It's intended to be a living sacrifice where I release all rights of what I'm offering to God. That, that, that is what the scripture... Now, let me remind you before we get to the outline, who is this written to? All brethren. We are all admonished to offer as a living sacrifice. Everybody with me? Now let's get to the outline tonight. I have 12 points. Just kidding. Uh, actually, I have 14. No. Uh, first of all, let's look at the presentation of the sacrifice. Look at our text tonight. By the mercies of God that ye present. There's an actual presentation. There is an action on the believer's part. God is not going to twist your arm and demand the sacrifice from you. You're either going to offer it or you're not. And we are admonished, we are beseeched, we, we are, we are, we are, it is, it is, it is, it is it, the, the picture is painted of an urgency for us to present. This is an action that we are to do. I say, uh, how else would we word that? It's an act of surrender. I am making the presentation to God. Uh, it is an action on my part. I must surrender, the act of surrender, the act of giving up. When you trusted Christ, you gave up, you surrendered, you trying to pay your own sin debt. And with your life as a believer, we're asked, we're admonished, we're commanded to surrender our will, surrender our life. Well, I don't have much I can give to God. You have a living sacrifice that you can offer, not for salvation, but because of salvation. I'm offering what I have. It's an act of surrender. Uh, there are too many Christians unsurrendered to God. Uh, how, how do you know if I'm surrendered? Uh, if you've always got to have an explanation of why the Bible applies to you, like everybody else, you're probably not surrendered. Or if you think you're the exception. You're not surrendered. Or, if every time the preacher preaches, it's for everybody else but you, you're probably not surrendered. It's, a, it's an act of giving up to God. We're to look at this book as we approach the Word of God, and as we get the instruction and the Holy Spirit of God begins to teach us and instruct us what the Word of God says, it, 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 it cuts to us, cuts, our, cuts, cuts us many times. It shows us what we really are. And now we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit that says, you need to change something. What are we to do? I surrender. I'm giving up. 
But it is not just an act of surrender. It is a yielding to God. All of us yield. All of us do. We either yield to righteousness or unrighteousness. Romans chapter 6 specifies this. uh, That we should not uh, yield our members to unrighteousness. But we should do it to righteousness. Yield means to give up the contest. To comply with. To give way. Not to oppose. When you're convicted by the word of God... Do you comply? So well, I'm, I'm yielded to God. Do you comply with the scripture that you know? Well, I'm yielded to whatever, my, my, whatever God wants. Do you give way? Do you not oppose the working of God in your life? That is yielding. By Bible definition, I would say more times than not, we have a problem with yielding than we even recognize in our whole own life. It is the presentation. It's an act of surrender. It's I'm going to yield to you. We use the words, well, I'm surrendered to God. Uh, we have to look at that from God's definition, not our definition. It is a yielding. It is a giving way. So that is the presentation of that living sacrifice. If you haven't figured out the living sacrifice, that's you. That's me. We are admonished to present that living sacrifice. It is an act of surrender. It is yielding to God. I, I, I'll, say, I'll say this, and in, 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 I, know, I, know I believe it to be true. I know it to be true. Um, the biggest problem in our world, our country, is not the lost. It's unsurrendered. It's unyielded. Christians, because if every child of God was surrendered, if every child of God yielded to the word of God, the lost would get the gospel. Uh, God says that he'll exalt a nation from righteousness. Um, that, that's, that's, the, that's not righteous people, that's, that's doing of righteousness. We had more yielded, more surrendered. There's an offering. What's the greatest thing we can teach our children? Offer yourself. Offer yourself. What's the greatest example we can set our children? Offer ourselves. Yield. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, do you yield? Do you give way to Him? Do you give way to His leading? That's the presentation of the sacrifice. Number two. We find the object that is sacrifice. Notice your Bible. This is very simple. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is where a lot of Christians will have a problem with the yielding. Is presenting your bodies. You may want to logic and say, well, Pastor, what, what shouldn't it be our spirits? Shouldn't it be our minds? Shouldn't it be our hearts? Um, But the Bible says to yield our bodies. 2 Corinthians 6.16 reminds us that our bodies are the temple of God. 
See, why does he want our bodies surrendered, our bodies yielded? See, we live in a day-to-day when, and I taught on this all last year, this new contemporary emerging church uh, uh, philosophy that uh, all i got to do is basically say it's Christian and it becomes Christian automatically. It's like it's magic. You know, this is, this is Christian this, and it, wow, it's Christian automatically. Now, that's not the way it works. Uh, it's God's definitions, uh, what is uh, honoring to Him. Uh, that's why He says, present your bodies. Let me expound this a little bit more. See, we're reminded in 2 Corinthians 6, 16, that our bodies are the temples of God. See, God does not dwell in buildings. You knew that, right? In the Old Testament, God dwelt in the tabernacle. In the New Testament, through salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, God lives in the believer. How many of you are saved tonight? Okay, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you. God does not live. When we leave, see, what's going to happen when we leave this property and go to another property? God's going with us. Because God lives in us. God doesn't live in the trees. God doesn't live in the ocean waves. God created all of those things, and you can see the signs of His handiwork. But He lives in the Christian. See, God doesn't dwell in buildings, but in the bodies of the saved. Now, there's some popular errors that that is pretty simple to refute. Well, God knows my heart. It doesn't really matter what I do because He knows my heart. Judge not. God looketh on the man, looketh on the outward appearance. God looketh on the heart. They use that scripture and don't even realize that they just condemned their position. Uh, because God lives inside of us. See, get this, God does know your heart. God knows my heart. That's why we serve unto Him. We don't serve for man. It's an easy trap for us to fall into. I want people to know what I'm doing for God. And, 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 and you're wasting your reward. We, we serve for God. If nobody ever knows what you do for God, He knows. He knows your heart. Pastor, I'd like to, some people say, I'd like to do more for God, but I just can't. And they really can't. God knows their heart. But there's some, I'd like to do more, but I can't. And they can, but God knows their heart. God knows our heart. See, we can communicate, we can talk to God with our mind and our heart. When I, sometimes when I pray, I do pray out loud. But a lot of times when I pray, especially in public so people don't think I'm crazy, I use my mind to talk to God. There, are, there have been times when I've gone to, to, to pray and I couldn't formulate, I've been, my heart has been so burdened, my heart has been so heavy that I could not even formulate an ask. I could not even formulate Uh, a thought, a a sentence. It was just the groanings of my spirit. It was the groanings of my heart. God heard that. That, That's how big of a God we have. We can commune with Him 
with our hearts and our minds. But we cannot commune with one another with our hearts and our minds. I'll prove it. Men, how many times does your wife think you could just read her mind? And you're not going to answer that. But you can't. Don't you know what I'm thinking? No, and I'm, I'm good that way. How do we interact? I can talk to God and never speak a word. But how am I supposed to communicate with my fellow man? With my words? With my actions? With the senses that God gave us? So that's why God says, I want you to make, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Because it's what man sees. It's how we interact with man. It is the temple of God. It is where God dwells. And quite frankly, I think we need a good dose of revival and for Christians to be reminded if you're saved, that, 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 that body you have is God's temple. If you won't go down to the house of God and, and, do, and, and desecrate that, don't desecrate your body. I've used this illustration before. It's a good illustration. I mean, we can make the case, okay, we have church in here on Sunday. Let, let's, let, there's somebody who wants to rent it out and make it a bar on Friday night. And we can make some money like that. How many of you would be in favor of that? None of you would. Why? Because it desecrate that which belongs to God. What's different than the house of God than your body? Nothing. God dwells inside of you. It, that's why he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. There are things that I'm not going to do as a Christian. Everybody okay? See, we can commune with God, but he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, let me expand on this a little bit. We must first have a yielded heart and spirit for us to have yielded bodies. That's why we can get things as a Christian, as a Bible believer, as, 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 a, as an independent fundamental Baptist. We can get things out of line, and we can put um, what people see ahead of a yielded heart. That's why I say it like this. Don't, don't legislate. Somebody gets saved, they start coming to church. Don't you start legislating your convictions on them. Because if you conform the outside without conforming the inside, it's just a matter of time before the outside is not going to keep that which you've conformed it to. But if you conform the inside, it's just a matter of time before the outside takes care of itself. That's why as a pastor, I'm more concerned about, your, about, about, about the inside, your spirit, your heart. Are you surrendered uh, to, to God? Are you growing? Are you being edified? Are you learning the things of God? Now, I'm going to preach against certain things that Christians shouldn't go to certain places and shouldn't say certain things and participate in certain activities, but you, you yield all that to God, and I don't have to preach that. Let me tell you who I have to explain what my convictions are to. The unyielded heart. I can get along fine with somebody who is yielded to God, they just have not yet grown. But it's the person who, they've been around the thing, but they just have, they don't have that yielded heart. 
the pastor will explain this to me. And I get to the point now, I'm just not explaining it anymore. Because it's wasting my time. See, if you yield your heart and spirit, the, your body will take care of itself. It's yielding that. Let me take this a step further. Is not sacrifice a form of worship? Ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. When a sacrifice was made to God, that is a form of worship to God. Stay with me. True worship is a life yielded to God. There's too many Christians running around saying, well, I just worship God, and you haven't worshiped God because you haven't offered anything to Him. Where's the presentation? where's where's, Where's the presentation of your body as a living sacrifice? That's not see. Let me let me just give you an illustration to kind of kind of tie it all together. You know, a thousand thieves can enter a church, bow their head, say amen, sing the songs, and not worship God because they have a hard heart and an unyielded spirit. That's why, Christian, you can go. I went and we had a great. I worshiped God in church. You know where I find more backslidden people? Church? That's okay, because that's where we get our hearts right with Him. But say, well, we just got to go, and we're just going to praise Him and worship. Oh, we do, we're not going to go to one of those churches where they actually preach the Bible, because it, because it condemns us. We want to just praise and worship. If you have an unyielded heart, you are not worshiping God. How can you worship God when you're saying, I still own Remember in the introduction, we're offering a sacrifice. We make that sacrifice. We offer that to God. We are releasing ownership. Most people who are rebelling against the Word of God are people who know the Word of God, are, are not living the Word of God. They know the Word of God, just rebelling against it. Now, I don't know, we're going to do that. And that's legalism. That's all these things. And, 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 and well, I know I taught on all that, so I'm not going to go into it again. And, and this is just the way we're just going to go. We're just going to worship. It's all about Him. You can't worship without offering yourself. You can, you can, you can wave your hands all you want to. But if you have an unyielded spirit, it's not true worship because we have not offered that sacrifice. That's why when someone gets saved, when somebody trusts Christ as their Savior, in that instant, all their sins are covered by the blood of Christ. They have a home in heaven. Their eternity is secure. But when that Christian yields to God and they begin to learn and they begin to grow, you can see the change. Because they may not have ever worded it this way, but they are offering themselves to God. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, wow, I really didn't know that. And they begin to, okay, if that's what God says, that's what I'm going to do. And many times they do it without having any understanding of why they do it. Why they do it? They're yielding. They're saying, okay, I'm presenting. I'm just, I thank you for saving. We talked about the mercies of God last week. I thank you for saving me. So I'm not going to hell. So I'm going to present my life. So they yield that. But the same token, you can see somebody who is taking back from God and has an unyielded spirit. You can see them change on the outside as well. 
Because it's all about a yielded spirit, a yielded will to God. That's the object that is sacrificed. Number three. The last two will go a lot quicker. Is this making sense to anybody? Number three, we find the aim of the sacrifice. Don't miss this. A lot of times, there's things that we have to deal with with our own heart and our own flesh when it comes to the Word of God. That's why some of the things I mentioned, they're hard to live, but if we don't offer ourselves to God, it's nearly impossible for us to do it in the flesh. I mean, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. Now, some of you pious ones would say, oh, that's exactly what I would do. And those are the ones that I don't ever want to get on the bad side of because if you just lie like that, that's not a natural thing for us to look at our enemies and say, okay, I'll feed you. And certainly not do it with the right spirit. How are we, how are we going to do that? How are we going to treat, affect, in honor, preferring one another? That goes against everything that is us, our flesh. Only way to do it is say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sacrifice. So here, here, here's what we've got to understand. What the aim of the sacrifice is. The aim of the sacrifice is not for people to look at you and say, Oh, aren't they a dedicated Christian? Because that's a spirit of pride. The true yielding of the heart and the spirit and, and, and our body is, I know what I deserve, but by the mercies of God, I've got salvation. I'm unworthy. But God, if you'll take me as a living sacrifice, I'll give you everything I have. I'll give you all that is me. It's not a matter of, look at me, look at me. It's a matter of, sit here, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Christian, let me simplify some things for you. If you'll live to please God and not worry about your fellow man, you'll do okay. But that it is a whole lot easier to say than do. It's sad when Christians want to find themselves more acceptable under this world than they do God. Parents, this will help you discern this world is changing so fast, fads, fashions, technology. It'll help you with your children in discerning, is this, is this direction more acceptable under God or more acceptable under this world? Because the scripture is very clear that, that, that to be a friend of the world is not to be a friend of God. There, there's, a, there's, there's such a contrast, they're not close. So if it's acceptable in this world, it's not going to be acceptable unto God. And we as Christians, why do I offer myself a living sacrifice? Because I'm, I, I'm trying to please Him. This is, where, this is where a lot of times it gets... Uh, th those that want to find, be critics or, or those that are just... Uh, they're naive or those that are just, just lost and have no understanding... They say they're, you're trying to appeal to, to anything other than just being acceptable unto God. I don't want to have standards and convictions to keep me in standing with anybody. Are you independent about you're against everything? Not quite everything. No, I want to please. I'm for, and I've been asked, what do you believe? Here's my simple answer the Bible. If it's acceptable unto God, then that's what I want to do. 
If it's unacceptable unto God, that's what I want to stay away from. Now, none of us are perfect in that, but that's, that's the mark. That's the aim. Why do we offer ourselves? Is it so we can go around and say, well, poor us. We're the martyrs. Oh, y'all go, we, we, we don't do that. No, you live the way you live. You offer yourself a sacrifice to be acceptable unto God. That's the aim. Don't, 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 don't live to please your pastor. Some of you, you've got that down. Anyway, don't live to please your pastor. Live to please God. If you do that, you know you and your pastor will get along great. Young people, don't live to please your parents. You live to please God. And if your parents are living to please God, there's not going to be any problems in the home. We got, we got to live not to... to well, I, I've got, I've got this, there are people out that know me, and this why I've got, I got to make them like me. No, I've, I've got to be acceptable unto God as a living sacrifice. The greatest thing you can do for the Emmanuel Baptist Church is to, is, is to offer yourself to be acceptable unto Him. That, that's the goal. He's the aim. Now, fourthly, finally, the one you've been looking for. We find the results of the sacrifice. Let's read the scripture from the beginning. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Did you see that little word? Holy. God says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That's a command. It's not an option, it's a command. You, as a child of God, at the top of your priority list is to be holy, to live a holy life. How inadequate do you feel when you think of the holiness of God? If you don't feel inadequate, you have too high of an opinion of yourself. Because when you think of the holiness of God, I, we cannot even fully comprehend the holiness of God. But you don't have to know a whole lot, be able to comprehend a whole lot about it to know we don't measure up. But he says, be ye holy. How many times have you made a New Year's resolution only to fall flat on your face? Some of you are like, I'm already there, Pastor. Nine days in, I'm there. That's why when, when, when a Christian gets entangled in this world and they get caught up in the vices of this world, that's why AA is not getting them out. Now, I'm, not condemning, I'm not condemning that. Don't twist it into something else. But there's a principle here. As a child of God, anybody, if they're saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, they can get rid of any addiction, any vice, any shortcoming if they'll offer themselves as a living sacrifice. What is the byproduct? Holy. What's going to happen? Holy. Because if you 
offer your body, if you make that presentation, if you, oh, it's by the mercies of God, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven. Lord, what do you want from my life? You're in the Word of God. What does the Bible have for me today? Oh, I heard the preacher preach on Sunday, and, and, and the Holy Spirit convicted me of this, and I, I know I need to change this about me, but I don't know how to do it. Offer yourself to God. If you're seeking to be acceptable unto Him, how are you going to be acceptable unto Him? You're not going to be acceptable unto Him if you're running around living like a pagan. So if I'm going to offer myself and be acceptable, that's the aim. Holiness enters into the picture. I know it's 2019, but I still believe in Bible holiness. Still believe in it. I still believe it should be an emphasis of the Christian. Well, there's a lot of people who they're not looking for that today. Well, well, I still believe the Bible. And if we are going to be holy, again, it's, you, you can stand up and you can wave and you can, you can get the Spirit of God, as you, you, somebody might would call it. You can do all of that, but if you don't have a yielded spirit to God, if you have not presented yourself to Him and said, it's only by your mercies I'm here. I'm offering myself to you. I'm going to be acceptable unto you. You know what's going to be a natural byproduct of that? You're not going to places you used to go. You're not saying the things you used to say. You're not into the things of the world like you used to be. And you're, you've given up all the vices because you've offered yourself and said, I may not understand it, but that, this is what I'm going to do. I believe this is what the Bible says. I, I don't understand all that. The pastor said that's what the Bible says, and there it is, so I'm not going to do that. You're going you're to quit doing. And you become more and more and more and more like Christ. More in line with this Bible. See, this world has it backwards. I'm a good person. I'm trying to work my way to heaven. I think if my good outweighs my bad. Are you, I, I'm moral. There's certain things I don't say. There's certain places I don't think I should go. There's a lot of different religions. They, that's what they do. They try and do all of that, but they never deal with their soul, first of all. And you realize as a Christian, it's backwards. You give yourself to God, and you begin to change because you're a sacrifice. You don't do what you want to do. Okay? Anybody ever make you mad and you want to lose your temper? What stops you besides the law? It's a pretty good deterrent sometimes. Oh, I've got to say. No, you're, you're saying, if, if you've offered yourself to God as a living sacrifice, you've died to self, why are you offended? I'm just here to please God. Well, it's important that we offer ourselves so that we can be holy. Acceptable unto God. Somebody who wants to argue with God about what God has said, they'll never, never, never find holiness. And remember, holiness is not the goal. God's the goal. But the closer we get to God, the more we're going to be like Him. You've got a first offer. Every one of us has some things, especially when we first got saved. There's some things, oh, I wish 
it just, it's just got a hold of me. It's got a hold of me. I, I don't want it to, to stay with me. I just, I just want to get rid of it. I want to get rid of it. Whatever it may be. You've got to, you've got to all, so just give it to God. What people mean is like, just, just try and wish it away. No, that's not giving it to God. You have to give yourself to God. You have to make yourself that living sacrifice. What are you doing? You're saying, I'm giving up ownership rights. Well, if I did that, then, then I, I, don't really, I don't really get to make any decisions for myself. God gets to make them all. Well, that might be okay. Because you know who gets you in the most trouble? You do. The sacrifice. It's an offer to something. To God. It's an offering. We offer ourselves to God. It's an act of worship. I just want to worship God. I don't want to get caught up in all that. You cannot worship God without a sacrifice. You can't do it. You have to offer. Yes, he won't stay here. That's why I say, well, and that's why, and it's a whole other subject, but that's why worship is more of an individual thing than it is a corporate thing. Now, I believe the songs we sing give honor to God. I believe what we do here can give honor to God. I believe he loves to hear us praise him. But if we're not yielded, I, I don't have to get all, I don't, I don't have to be reading my Bible and say, I just feel like praising God. I need to call the church and get them together so I can worship him. No, it's a, it's a yielded. It's a yieldedness. It's a, it's a, if I've given myself a living sacrifice. Father.